Numb Bills Fan Podcast for December 14th. It's a Wednesday, 2016. This is our 100th episode, and uh, it's your host, Dave Palermo. So find me on the Twitterverse, at Numb Bills Fan, and uh, along via satellite, we got uh, Adam Deacon. Yeah, I'm on, the, I'm on the phone. I'm on the Numb Bills Fan hotline today. It's your boy, Adam. Find me on Twitter, at Numb Bills Adam D. Dave, what's our website? NumbBillsFan.com. Get it. There's an article once a week from Scott Campbell, 13, about a game preview. Uh, check it out. He also previewed every game of the season early on, so scroll back on the website. Adam did a great job of redesigning it a little bit. We got some new little, uh, little eye, candy, eye candy stuff for you. So little tweaks. Just clean the joint up a little bit. That's all we're trying to do is clean up the resin. I mean, so, uh, yeah, numbillsfan.com. Um, also, don't forget, tonight, if you're listening to this, we already did it. Yeah, but every Wednesday at 7 o'clock, we're on Facebook doing our, our little thing, but live with the comments and all that. So make sure you check that out at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash numbillsfan. And uh, yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be wrapping up this episode. We're gonna be going live seven o'clock tonight. Um, make sure you stop by and check the replay. But more importantly, make sure you get out to the next one next Wednesday, and the Wednesday after that, and the Wednesday after that. We always do it, and it's always presented by our good friends at BillsForLife.com, and they are the official home online of the Red Pinto Tailgate. Yeah, the definitely. legendary. The infamous Red Pinto tailgate. I took um, last game. Um, actually, I'll, I'll get right into the Red Pinto tailgate when we get rolling. But la- last sponsor we got is uh, PunchDrunkSports.com. Follow them on Twitter at PunchDrunk Podcast with uh, three comedians that talk sports. Ari Shafir, Sam Tripoli, Jason Tivo. Find them on Twitter. Sam Tripoli especially. He's got a, a nice YouTube channel and does another podcast as well other than that one. So... Check them out at Punch Drunk on Twitter, punchdrunksports.com. They cut it raw about sports. So check yeah, them out. They just, they just talk shit about sports, as, as Tripoli said. We had him on a couple episodes back. Dig back a couple and, and check that episode out. Definitely. There, there are three regulars at the comedy store in, in L.A. They're, they're the real deal. Really flattered to be asked to be a part of their, their podcast network coming up for sports teams. So... Um, oh yeah. Well, let's let's dive into it. Um, I'll be down honest with you. I'll set the scene for you know we're on Wednesday. I had a I have a family member in, in the hospital, so sorry we're a little late, guys. And um, logistically, just trying to figure things out. I hey, per- don't even apologize for that, man. Family first. You're right. You're right. And and honestly, I personally cannot um, really comment too much on the game because I was too drunk. And um, I'll set the scene for you. So my friend Dave Anthony, had his first sip of beer this weekend. Yeah, pretty much. So my friend Anthony Hayward gave me a call. Um, tugboat, find him on. Uh, you know, if you like some hip hop, 
So find Tugboat New York, and I think it's NY, either way, on Instagram. He's got links everywhere to his music. And so the great Hayward, old friend, old friend, love him, just like an, another Italian brother to the end. So um, he's always there for me. So he calls me up. He's like, he's like dude, I got these box seats or uh, press box seats for Time Warner. I'm like, no way. I never been into a box. Well, we hit up the red pencil tailgate after seeing our buddies, and he was floored by the pencil tailgate. He didn't even see, get to see dude getting squirt with everything. With ketchup and mustard, and, and he had a blast. Still, Shout out to he's Kenny. like, yeah, yeah. He didn't get to see Kenny, but he's like, you know, um, he's like, this tailgate is like where it's at. This is like what it's about is a red pit on tailgate, and then and you know, Hayward, he's a bartender, and he works down in the city of Rochester and at uh, at Lux. If you ever go down there, check him out, and it's a great bar. So. He knows how to party. He's always a guy that, you know, I remember being 21. I had my first spot. And I couldn't, I love him to death, but I I would go to sleep hearing him talk. And I would wake up hearing him talk. And I'm like, yo, man, you kind of got to leave, dude. Like, I love you, but, like, I can't be partying on a Tuesday. So if there's a good judge of partying, it's Hayward. And that Red Pinball tailgate, he was absolutely floored and impressed with. So, Really, go down when you tailgate. Check out the Red Pinto tailgate. Nick Pavagelis is awesome. Um, these guys want a shout-out. Oh, shoot, I ruined it. I forgot your names already, but the guys who always serve up the bowling ball shots, I think one might have been called Noah. So shout-out to those guys. And uh, Shout-out to, to Noah, maybe. Yeah, maybe <laughs> Noah, possibly Noah. Um, when I started off with our traditional shotgun at tailgate stop number one, then uh, I ended up going down to the Red Pinto did a bowling ball shot, and ended up in the press box with Hayward. And, by the way, we're starting off with a double gin and tonic with lime. Make fun of me all you want. I don't care. I like it, and it's about me. So what I ended up doing after that was uh, really watching the game, got involved, and then I ended up sitting next to a nice married couple. And one guy happens to be a producer for, um, I guess, up at Wham, and I was talking with his wife, and... um, she was actually a sociology professor, I think, around Geneva or something. So we had a really interesting conversation. So I kind of was watching the game, and it didn't really feel, I'll be honest, in that box like I was at the game because when you're at the game, you're freezing your McNuggets off. You're absolutely just, like, in survival mode. You're living and dying off each play. you got people yelling stuff. And in the box, was sweet. Don't get me wrong. I could do it all the time. But I was honestly out of touch. I was involved in other things like eating sushi. Anthony got prime rib. Like, what? Prime rib at a Bills game? And I'm eating sushi and I'm eating like some kibasa and <laughs> cabbage. Like, I we went hard, you know, but I'm a lightweight. I can't drink much. And when people are like, yeah, Le'Veon Bell ran like 200 something yards all over the Bills, I'm like, no, he didn't. Wait, okay, I, I can't judge. So, either way, I'll be honest with you. I got the Lorenzo Alexander interception up. I believe it's on our Instagram. It's at least on my personal Instagram. And, uh, you know, I got that pick on video. I was pretty psyched. But, man, it just felt weird. I had a different seat. Um, I did see a lot of guys open. It was kind of like I had a little bit of a corner seat. Um, 300 level ish. That's where the box is, and I had a good view. It was like it was like um, 
It was like all 22. So I'll tell you guys. I'll dive into what I saw and what I can remember. Um, one thing that seems weird, it, which we're going to really dive into today, is this coaching situation. And I'm going to make an argument for, and to give you a little tease, for Rex Ryan and why people might not want Rex Ryan and why I absolutely think you're insane if uh, you think Doug Whaley's got to go. So um, what I was going to start off with was really – you got to see a lot of receivers open, um, especially, you know, Sammy Watkins had a touchdown. The play right before Sammy Watkins was open in a very similar spot. And I got to see Tyrod Taylor look towards Charles Clay. Nothing. You know what I mean? Nothing. And and he just doesn't get rid of the ball. And, and that, that view I had where I was like, you know, the play's coming at me, and I see the receivers running their routes towards me. I'm like, oh, my God. What's going on here? And it's like the run game, they just, you know, is, is, is for Chris Brown breaking it down. They ran a lot of run blitzes. And sometimes they put nine guys in the box, and they're daring the Bills to throw. And, frankly, the blueprint's out. You know Tyrod Taylor ain't getting rid of the ball, so you might as well put guys at the line of scrimmage and make him throw. And it's really disheartening because I've had his back this whole year. At the same time, he doesn't play defense. And we're going to get into that because – John Murphy described this team, and I want to break this down, Deeks, real quick, and then I'm going to get your your opinion, the guy who wasn't hammered at the game. Um, I want to get your opinion and what you saw, and then we'll dive into Rex. So follow my lead with this, all right? So Rex Ryan, or, or you know, John Murphy brought up a great point, and my, I should say the word he uses, there's no better word to describe what the Bills' defense was supposed to be. And if I was to layer this team into an order, the order of operations of how it's going to work, if you take the three phases, defense, special teams, and offense, we plan on the defense being what John Murphy said, the linchpin. That is our foundation. It's not a number 18 defense. It's supposed to be top 10, at least bare minimum 10. We're hoping for at least get top six, top seven. Um, now, I was mad. I was texting with uh, Eric Turner at Cover1.net, and I was like, man, this defense never shows up. And he was quick to correct me. No, they show up and have. Some games they have, like the Cardinals game, you know, they do show up. They do. But the offense still is sputtering. The defense is, again, sputtering. And the special teams has been inconsistent all year, and there's been some nice plays on special teams, like, at the same time, everything with this team has been status quo inconsistent. And where you start is defense is supposed to be top 10. Follow that up with a special teams that's supposed to be solid. And they really beefed up the special teams, the, the core of it. And then followed up with an offense that has LaShawn McCoy that is the top back in the league for my money. Sorry. I take him over Zico Elliott. Um, call me nuts. And you know what? Even if he's not, he's still top five running back in the league to whoever you want to make a list out for. Um, and that's we, – we're supposed to wait for this quarterback to develop. Now, Tyrod Taylor, he is still in the developing stages, and you have to keep in mind, to give Tyrod the benefit of the doubt, if the defense is there and we can have solid special teams, a.k.a. good field position – and making kicks, and making punts, and making field goals, and making whatever that guy who kicks back there is supposed to do. Um, You know, the offense should pretty much be 
LaShawn McCoy, and he's dependable. And he might not have did it on the ground this week. He had under 50 yards. I think he had 39. And he had, I believe, six receptions for 81 yards or something crazy. Um, and, again, I could be wrong. I was drunk. So when the linchpin isn't there of that defense being solid, this is what's going to happen. And the problem I'm seeing on the field, which Deeks, after this, just roll right into it, um, what you saw for the game, any way you want to go, but but – the the problem I see on the field to piggyback on myself is a lack of communication or or I should say a lot of confusion. And that's something I called out about this team being at home. I think that they play worse at home. We talked about this defensively, getting their guys in and out. Um you know, the the team still looks lost and, and I'm a continuity guy here and I believe that because Step one is defense. It didn't show up. You got to really skew how you rate everything else because it was never supposed to be on Tyrod Taylor to be Tom Brady. Get that out of your head. It was never meant to be that. And if everybody wants to blow this up now, which you can make a case for, <coughs> excuse me, I don't think it's the right call. That said, Deeks, what did you see from the game? And then trail me back into Rex, even if it's 10 seconds or 10 minutes. I mean, shit, with the game, the Steelers kind of came in and, like, builds the shit out of us. You know what I mean? Because if, if you look at the statistics, Tyrod and Big Ben, they were very close as far as, uh, you know, number of uh, attempts and completions. You know, Tyrod did a little bit better. He didn't have the three interceptions that, that Big Ben had. But, uh, you know, Roethlisberger had 31 attempts to, to Tyrod's 25. They were both right in the 220s uh, as far as his yardage. But, you know, Tyrod, again, had one, one pick to Ben's three and, and got, got to the end zone twice. So the thing... The thing was with this game was we could not establish our ground game. The best, the best runs of the day were Mike Gillisley burning up the last minute on the clock going into halftime. No, for real, for real. And I was very disappointed. Again, I feel I feel like I'm a broken record. I, I feel like it's redundant because I feel like this is the third or fourth week in a row where I've been like. Hey, you know, Gillisley's showing us something. Why do we keep putting the cap on this kid? Like I get I get LaShawn McCoy's the the big name, the big money the big money contract, so on and so forth. But man, the results don't lie. And it, it pains me to not see Mike Gillisley getting getting involved here, you know? Two touches all all day at the end of the half. That that bugs me, and you know we're supposed to be the guys that you can't stop on the ground that are, you know, giving you the two hundred the two hundred yard day rushing. You know, I'm I'm not trying to take anything away from Le'Veon Bell. I mean, he's a great running back, but man, we made we made him look top notch, elitist of the elite. You know what I mean? I 
we as as far as as far as running the ball is concerned, we didn't have an answer, no matter which unit was on the field. We couldn't get anything started when we had the ball. We couldn't get, get nothing stopped when when we didn't. So that's what I saw. That 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 was like my my two big takeaways was like, oh my god. He just broke off another big run. Oh my god, Bell just broke off another big run. Oh my god, we're getting tackled in the backfield. Oh my god, we're getting sacked. Cuz I mean, Tyrod took what? 5 sacks this game? Right. Now, you can't now people are saying as far as the offensive line that Groy has actually been stepping up and and he's making all the checks and I, I I'm a fan of Groy. I am so excited for Groy. Um I think very solid depth. I don't know what broke down with the offensive line. Granted, I'm, I'm sorry, guys, to be amateur hour here. I, I can't give, um, I'll be honest as always, I can't give an honest assessment. But I will say um, my vantage point, and did you have anything else before I rattle real quick? Or Oh, no, go ahead. Okay, okay. My vantage point from the game, to, to give everybody a perspective, um, I really thought today if I had some time I'd pop on the game again, but I'm kind of like rattled right now with this team. And but it, it is my due diligence if I want to talk about this team to do it. So um I will say honestly that um what I'm looking for from this team, the the vantage point I had was we gotta have a solid defense. And this team they need to lay everything out on the line and this is our weather. And Mike Gillisley not getting touches, especially, you know, Donald Jones brought up this point. He's like, that's Mike Gillisley weather. What are you doing? That you're you're supposed to give that guy the rock. And so it's nice to hear that you're really you're you're really, really, really flattered with that. Or or not flattered, but I think you're really on point with with your statement. And to be real with you, the 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 view I had, I had to like squint because I was kind of like at an angle, like in the goal line in, in the touchdown area. And uh, I was at an angle, and I and I had to squint, and I'm like, "Did he really just run that? Did 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 Bell really just run that many like five yard chunks? You know, like one. I'm counting the lines. There's five yards. There's ten yards. Oh my god, what's going on here? Oh, another third down. Oh, what do you know? Okay, well that right. sucks. And I just feel like with Shady, you can tell kind of right away what his day is going to be like. You know what I mean? I feel like you could tell by by the end of like the second Bills possession what LaShawn McCoy's day is going to be like. And either he's like he's like clicking or he's not. You know what I mean? And I, when he's just not, I get the idea of like trying to get the rhythm going, but like you got to try something else eventually. You know. But credit where credit's due. He did contribute huge in the passing game. He had six catches, 81 yards, led the team in yardage, catching the ball. Right. So you can't, you can't, you know, just say, oh, get this guy off the field. Because, I mean, he is he is still contributing in spite of his struggles coming out of the backfield, you know? It's a, um... But, hey, you know, I'm, and again, I, I guess, I guess it wouldn't be fair to, like, say anything besides like Steelers defense played really well. They were very good at getting penetration and getting in the backfield and being disruptive. I mean, again, Tyrod got sacked five damn times. It's a lot. 
Now, Rex Ryan, I want to ask you, um, and we'll get into coaching. Um, so Re- Rex Ryan really um, set the tone and uh, by saying he didn't think his, 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 his players gave up, you know. And everything I'm hearing from people is that the players looked uninspired. Um, they seemed disinterested, a lot of them. And even Thurman Thomas uh, was said to be in the locker room talking to John Murphy, and he was heated. And when you got a Hall of Famer who's been there, and I understand it's a 90s Bills. We're all sick of hearing about it. And if you're yeah, not, I, I mean, I, I heard about this. I didn't hear Murphy. I didn't hear Murph today. But uh, our boy Rob Quinn over at the Bills Wire at USA Today, he actually like dropped an article about about Thurman's appearance on the show saying that he was in that locker room feeling like he had to bite his tongue, you know? Right, right. Yeah, it's it's kind of like if that guy's if that guy's calling it Thurman Thomas, yeah, down on this team. You know what I mean? And Thurman said it great on the John Murphy show. He's like, I'm not a coach. I can't tell this to the players. I can't, you know, go in there storming around it. But it, it seems like this team is just unprepared constantly, and I don't understand. And I'm not one to say, well, it takes a disciplined coach or it doesn't take a super disciplinary coach. You know, it, it takes a guy. Like, I don't know why these players aren't showing up for Rex, to be quite honest with you, because the whole point of Rex Ryan to me was you're going to get guys who are going to run through the wall for you. And Rex Ryan denied it at the press conference that they didn't run through a wall for him. And, and, and he's got some guys that, you know, I think it's the coaching because they don't have a language to get to the players. But then you look at a guy like Lorenzo Alexander, and he's 33 years old, taking a coaching, doing what he's supposed to do, and he's, you know, uh, one of the sack leaders still, even though they haven't had a sack in, a, in it seems like a few games now. So it's like, you know, it, it, is it well, the coaching? I, I have a theory here, you know. And we talked a little bit about this uh, last time. I brought it up with the, when we were talking about Aaron Williams. What I think this – and, you know, I've definitely gone on record debunking this whole idea of what I'm about to say before. But I think we might have just, like, lost too many leaders. You know, we, we know that injuries have plagued this team. But we got to look at the guys who weren't out on the field. You know, Aaron Williams, obviously, that's a big hit. He, I, I viewed him as a leader of this Bills secondary. You know, I'm, I'm sure his voice was very prominent in meetings and on the field and in practice and things of that nature. Then you've got Kyle Williams out this game. not to, and, and you can't forget, like, Eric Wood broke his leg. So you've got your, your center who's been around, you know, the team longer than anybody on that offense. And then Kyle Williams, who's been – on that team longer than anybody, period. you got those guys who don't have their voice out there on those sidelines, out there on that field. You don't have that leadership. And now, you know, if you go back and listen to the podcast when Fred Jackson got cut, I definitely had some shit to say, like, oh, well, veteran leadership never won us any championships. But, damn, you know, I think we might have just lost a little bit too much this season. If that's even worth anything. I mean, to some people, they're going to say, well, no, it doesn't, it, it shouldn't matter. You know, 
Ryan Ryan Groy is playing center just fine. But as well as he might be playing the position, is he is he really filling the whole role? You know what I mean? I I agree with you, and and frankly, um, I just I just feel like some of the guys that we're missing are really important guys. You know? I I feel like the 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 you know Rocksteady, we got six guys at safety on IR or something crazy, you know, and it's like, you know, I, I let me break it down for for keeping Rex, okay, for keeping Rex. Actually, let me say for firing Rex because people want that's what people want to talk about. It's Buffalo media. Let's get it out of the way, okay? Um, now, granted, let me be real with you, and to any player, coach, anybody listening, any you know, hopefully a Bills PR guy is listening to this, so uh, you can hire me or some shit. Um, and I'll make sure I swear everywhere and wear obnoxious things and ruin your life. So let, let's be real here. I think Yo, it's, I can I can vouch for you on that last part. Exactly. I, you will definitely dress up obnoxious and ruin some lives, but okay. I just want to show up at pressers in my tracksuit. I want to be the guy who shows up asking questions in my tracksuit, and I won't have my hair gel. It'll still be wet, so it'll look sweet, but it won't be too frizzy. And shades, hopefully. Um and now that I got that, that single life, I got a closet to myself. So I'm really just going to fill that closet with tracksuits and follow my childhood dreams. So what I'm getting at here is I think it's extremely, extremely, even though it's something that needs to be asked about. It's their job to write papers. I get it. I think it's extremely disrespectful to constantly grill Rex Ryan about his job. It's what they do. And, you know, when some details come out that Rex Ryan was getting text messages from Russ Brandon that the owner likes red wine because Russ allegedly wanted Rex Ryan over um, Hugh Jackson, it kind of makes you think a little bit, you know, what's going on. At the same time, Russ Brandon is no dummy. And I'm sorry. I get a little irritated when I hear that, yeah, we had to talk to Doug and Russ and Terry and Jim. Overdorf. And and it's like I don't like hearing that Russ Brandon is anywhere near football operations because at the press conference I don't want to put words in his mouth, allegedly at the press conference that I remember allegedly remembering when Terry Pagula bought the team, he said that Doug Whaley was strictly personnel, you know, football side, I should say, football side, and Russ Brandon would be you know, the marketing, he wouldn't be involved man. in, yes, he wouldn't be involved in operations. Now, the reason Russ might be in the room is because guys, girls, trans, whatever, Z's, whatever pronouns you want, Any they got to sell, they, they have to sell tickets and they have to keep us interested. And sometimes, unfortunately for Buffalo, Buffalo isn't on the map and I think Rex Ryan can weather these press conferences. He can weather the storm of all the shit that goes on. So I think it was a great PR move to, if Russ had influence, to bring Rex Ryan. And, you know, I bought it with Rex. I bought it. But now the last couple games, I'm actually shifting my gears. And if you listen to this podcast, I've been stoked on Rex since day one. And I'm still stoked. 
But he right. needs I to mean, do... I need a little convincing out, out of the gate okay. for those who don't remember. I, I, yes, yes. And I and I remember that because we're looking at his record. You hated him. and But we're both well, here. Coming from the Jets, there was a lot to hate, you know? Oh, exactly. Exactly, you know? Because, so... I mean, this is the NFL and you're only as good as your last performance. And coming coming here after a fucking 4-12 and 12 season, I was like, how am I supposed to get excited for this, you know? But then I I heard him I heard him start hyping up the team and shit. I bought right in, man. I, I bit hook, line, and sinker. I'm not gonna even act like I didn't, cause I did. Yeah, it's uh, hey, the Bills can sell me anything. You could tell me my dog could be the head coach, and I'd be like, you know, man, hey, he's got good vision, and um, you know, he he listens at times. Um, so I I don't know I I. Oh, I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, I'll buy, I'll buy anything, man. I was at, I was at the the grocery store today. I was at the Mighty Wegmans, and I mean, I'm in, I'm checking out. They got like a little, you know, two dollar, eco friendly Bills grocery bag. I was like, oh hell yeah, sign me up for a couple of those bad boys. Like, follow. follow. I, Anything to waste my money, you know. Right. So I can't. I can't blame to tie it back up on Russ. Like. He's got a role to do, and I don't think he has anything to do with personnel decisions, but he can be like, he has to have some kind of input of, well, this is going to hit this way, and this is going to hit that way. And keep in mind, Russ Brandon has this team making money and selling more season tickets than they did in the 90s when they were winning. So people need to realize that he has nothing to do with it. Don't look at how long people have been there and just think that they're a cancer. Now that he might be, I could be totally wrong. I, I could be totally wrong. But um, I ran into my buddy, and he, he's he's actually a client, and uh, I ran into him last night, and he he does some things with the city of Rochester, and um, I, I believe he, he, he knows Russ, and I told him, you know, I think Russ does a wonderful job. I think he gets a bad rap. Um, he's done a lot for this team, and... Whether we want to believe it or not, there is a PR angle. There is a public relations angle to these things. When you hire coaches, players you resign, um, you know, look at Richie Incognito. They had to get clearance from Kim. It's a, even though we might think it's dumb, and at least sounds a lot of people might think it's dumb, like it sounds good to talk to the owner's wife, or who was supposed to be the owner, I guess, Kim Pagula, and, and really sit incognito down with her and talk to her. Are your, what happened in this situation with, this thing, you know, and, and really set them down. And, and, and I, and I like that, that we have an organization that's willing to do those things and take some chances now. Um, and, and that's why I like Doug Whaley because he's willing to make moves. There's always roster churn and guys, we got to stop. People keep talking. Oh, the way the league is going is you can't have it without a quarterback. No, you can, you can and the Bills are built for that, but their defense just absolutely sucks. So what I'm going to get into now is is Rex Ryan, why you would want to get rid of him. For me, if you want to make a case to get rid of Rex Ryan, it's one thing. Is you have no communication. The guys teaching your team, it's not, it, they're not, something's going on. There is a disconnect on all sides of the ball. I want to say all three sides of the ball. So all three phases. Yeah, dog. I'm gonna go with three sides. I can, yo, I can. Uh, 
I can see where you're coming from in all three in all three situations. So exactly. I mean, communication errors all the time. Why is Tyrod Taylor still having to tell receivers where to be? Granted, some of these receivers haven't had that many reps, like Sammy. But why does he have to tell them where to be? I mean, are you guys not doing your work? And then next thing you know, we're looking at Tyrod, and you know he's under a lot of pressure. You don't think he wants to get paid? You don't think he wants to be the best he can be? And he's worried about throwing the game away, you know, and he's had some turnovers lately. But at the same time, I don't, you know, it, it's... Oh, he's still way below league average for turning that ball over, though. Right. And and where I'm coming from is, if you want to make an argument to fire Rex, it's because the message is not being translated to the rest of the team of how to prepare or they're just not prepared. They're not preparing correctly. Something is going on. There's a mental disconnect. There's something where we're seeing the same problems we saw last year, which was why are your guys still not sure what packages they're in and when they should or shouldn't be on the field? And Rex, hire me. Um, I will let you know um, who's on the field and who needs to come off, I will round up the troops. I'll bring my own little air horn to the game. I don't care. I I don't need that much money. Under 100000 All right? Just come on, dude. Let's get this right. If you're a coach and you can hire unlimited staff members, shit, you should have one guy for every team on your roster where their job game day is go out there or not. Like, really, this is getting ridiculous. And I think this team is just outsmarting itself, and they're not simple. It's like... You need to be able to walk first before you can run. And it's like I said this last uh, last podcast. I feel like when Rex Ryan came in, he had so much faith in these players, which is great, that both sides of the ball, they threw the whole – they threw their entire thick, thick, thick playbooks. Keep in mind, Greg Roman is similar to Rex where they would have a lot of things that were offensively uh, – the former offensive coordinator, for people who don't remember. Um, they have a lot of things where it's – Multiple looks, multiple schemes, you know, or I should say concepts, sorry. Um, and that's a lot to remember for guys. Well, how about we just execute what's worked? And I think if you just let these these players play with the, the talent that Doug Wheelie's brought in, if you just let these guys play, they'll make plays for you. At the same time, Rex is, to keep Rex, Rex has been handcuffed. He's had a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball, and frankly, when Aaron Williams isn't playing, this defense is night and day. Oh, yeah. And you know what? One thing, going back to Greg Roman for a minute, one thing I'm still trying to figure out to this day is what the end game is with Anthony Lynn. I'm trying to figure out whether or not Anthony Lynn is, like, the plan going forward or if he's just kind of a stopgap guy because, like, they were like, oh, shit, well, Greg's trying to go against the grain. We got to get him out of here. I mean, he was just, like, conveniently, like, in the building, assistant head coach, running backs coach. All right, let's 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 put him in, you know? Well, I have an angle for you. And um, what I'm getting at is if you want to keep Rex, because I'm going to include the Anthony Lynn point, is if Rex Ryan, um, you know, again, we talked about it earlier in the show. The key to this team was the defense with some solid special teams, a very solid run game, and then worry about the quarterback. Well, we're not getting any of that except for the run game. And and usually points from this team. So 
Um, one thing, and they could go up about five points a game, I think, on average, or four points a game. That would be nice. But obviously, we're so late in the season, three games left. You know, and as you're listening, you know that the playoff hopes are pretty much slim to none, and that's why our tone sucks. But I'm just being honest. Um, if you want to keep them, you have to keep that path in mind that if you or if you don't want to keep them, if you want to make the argument to keep them, it's hey, this team hasn't been set up, and that might make you think, well, if the head coach's job is defense, and the defense sucks. Or is I shouldn't even say sucks is very good at times and then a lot of times all year they have trouble getting off the field on third down and guys there's always and Stephon Gilmore I think says it great we give them more than they earn he said that constantly Stephon Gilmore this year and you look at guys like Steph he's turned his game around and he's been playing awesome another pick for him I'm psyched I'm like really happy for him I sent him a DM on Instagram like saying like dude. Man, when, when whenever somebody knocks at him that he's not good, he shows up. I got to give him credit. And honestly, at this point, I would like to see him as a bill again. I don't know how it's going to work out. That's a discussion for many other podcasts. But let's be real here. Some guys are doing their homework and other guys aren't. And it seems like they're more mentally lost than anything. And if Rex Ryan cannot teach these players or have a system of communication... For these players, well, if you can't teach them what needs to be taught and they're not doing it, then your message is not being sent. That is your strongest point of getting rid of the coach because these next three games will show if this is a team that's willing to go through the wall for Rex Ryan. And if they don't and they come out looking flat, like everybody said that they did against the Steelers, again, I was too hammered, not bragging, just the truth. Um then I think he's got to go, and that's and, and that's the last thing I want because it, it's not it's not it's not a good thing. But it gets me second guessing. Like, okay, well, what receivers has Anthony Lynn developed, or or uh, I should say uh, Sanjay Lal developed? What receivers? You know, he did some work in Oakland. He's had some good guys, but what receivers or or, or, or what's Anthony Lynn going to do, and what's Dennis Thurman going to do? Because Rex Ryan is I don't think he's firing DT. I don't think it's firing Dennis Thurman. And I think if they want to get out of this and keep Rex Ryan, you heard it here first, 38 minutes and 30 seconds in when I get rolling on it. Uh, Podcast 100, by the way. Numbillsfan.com, by the way. Um, If the Bills want to keep Rex Ryan, which they should, the one thing this team has not done is had continuity. And I'm sorry, it's too quick. Everybody wants to fire people. Who do you want to hire? You know, stop. I'm sick of hearing... They got to get their players in. Okay, whatever. I'm, I'm done with that. But if Rex Ryan wants to keep his job, Anthony Lynn will be offensive coordinator next year. He will get a shot. And his PR angle is going to be, and the rest of the Bills brass is going to be, that, hey, Anthony Lynn finally gets to install his own offense and will be in the terminology still that they're already working in. They're not going to change the terminology, which is pretty much your language that you're speaking to these guys. He's not going to do that. At least I don't think. They're not just going to stall a brand new. It's too much work. They, you know, you want to keep the plays and, and design your offense now to the tail on hand, um, which we thought we were getting because. Well, I mean, there's so many questions about who's going to be here and who's not. That's really hard to even speculate what it's going to look like next year because you know what I mean? 
is Tyrod going to be here? Well, that's if, if I mean, here's the thing. I feel like I feel like Tyrod's game has gotten worse under Anthony Lynn. You could be right, and people were kind of mentioning that in the Twitterverse with, without Greg Roman, and we were psyched with Greg Roman, and the whole thing is we're simplifying, we're simplifying. Well, as Donald Jones is pointing out, there are no hot reads for Tyrod Taylor to go to, supposedly. Again, I'm not Eric Turner at CoverOne.net. I don't know what I'm talking about. And what I'm getting at here is if Rex Ryan wants to keep his job, unfortunately for him, which I don't think he's going to do, I don't see Rex Ryan firing anybody. I could be wrong. I don't see him firing Dennis Thurman. That's a that's an old friend. That's a guy that's been with him for years. But you got to keep in mind, I say this all the time, I think a lot of Bills fans are stupid. So I think if you fire Dennis Thurman, promote, keep Anthony Lennon offensive coordinator, fire Dennis Thurman, and maybe bring in a quarterback's coach, which I don't think, I think Rex is too nice. I don't think he's firing David Lee, unless there's pressure from the top. And... I think you fire Dennis Thurman and you bring in somehow you mend fences. I don't know what the deal is. I didn't even tell you this. You somehow mend fences with him, which I don't know if it would work because there might be too much ego or pride on both ends. At the same time, these two guys need each other. Rex Ryan needs to fire Dennis Thurman. And Dennis, if you're listening or players, like, look, I'm not saying fire anybody. I don't believe in that. I think it's dumb. There's too, if you've listened to us before, there's too many jobs on the line. I don't like this. But if you're the Bills Brass organization and you want continuity like you talked about, well, guess what? There was a coach that was here before, Mike Patton, that was great with Rex Ryan. And they actually did stop the run together. And they actually did well, no, have an the offense. The Mike Patton defense actually struggled against the run quite a bit. Well, the Bills defense, but not with the Jets. Right. Do you get right. what I'm saying? With, I think with the they, Jets, they did very well. Right. And... and Mike Patton's defenses really weren't impressive in Cleveland either. At the same time, he was only given two years. And the worst part is, is Bills fans are so dumb that they would think that, oh, bring, you know, if we can have shorts, Mike Patton would work. Yeah, Mike Patton would sell. I would buy into that because, hey, get the band back together. It worked before. Promoting Rob Ryan, that ain't going to work as DC. But if you bring in Mike Patton, even though it will be only, unless Stefan resigns, you would have Roby, you would have Kyle, you would have Darius, and you would have Jerry Hughes that was here at Mike Patton. Maybe a couple rotational guys. I believe was Corbin Bryant here. I think he was. Um, but other than that, and, and if Aaron Williams is back, and it's like, and, and a couple other death players, I believe there's not that. So you got four starters if you consider Roby a starter. Unless Steph signs back, you got five. That, but here's the thing: is he proved to get his system across to the players, and they did execute. But again, against the run, it wasn't good. Again, though, Rex Ryan has shot Mike Patton out there like, hey, don't compare his defense to mine. He couldn't stop the run. Well, guess what, Rex? You can't stop the run either. And um, frankly, you two need each other. Rex Ryan and Mike Patton, they need each other right now. And if you want to sell that to the team, you could do it. He was there with Rex during the championship years. You could do it. Bills fans would buy it. I'm one of them. I would buy it. You need to bring teachers in. Eric Turner had a conversation with me, and we were talking quarterbacks, and he's like, you know, they need a teacher. They need, if they make a coaching change, they need a guy who's a quarterback's guy who's a teacher. Here's my worry about that quarterback's guy is this league is changing right now. The run game does work. The good defense does work, you know, but you got to have the good defense. you got to have 
special teams that is not a liability. You have to have a, a, a running game that works, which we do have out of all three of them. And to save face for, for Rex Ryan, you want to save your job? Unfortunately, I think he's got to cut bait with Dennis Thurman. He's got to be the fall guy. It's just business. I don't think it's right, but I don't see how you sell fans, me included, on Dennis Thurman and doing this whole shit again because the communication is not getting to the players. They are lost. Sorry. That's how I see it. And and if they're playing uninspired like some other people are accusing them, what else do you do? You could sell us on Anthony Lynn on the aspect of, hey, we're going to put in this new offense. You know what would be great? I don't know what Frank Reich is doing. Cut bait with Anthony Lynn. Hire Frank Reich as offensive coordinator. He's a quote-unquote quarterback's guy, backup quarterback well, to the Bills, I mean, one of the smartest players on the field at all times or on a team, I should say. The offensive coordinator for the Eagles, though. Okay, so I got some stupid. So you got no Frank Reich, and it's. I'm just saying, if there was any way that you wanted to do something that would get the Bills going, maybe you can offer him a lot of money, but it's not likely that a guy's going to make a lateral move. You know, Yo, I lot, mean – I don't know why half these Bills fans aren't just the Eagles fans now because they got Jim Schwartz coaching defense. They got Frank Reich coaching offense. It's like it's like 60% of these Bills fans I see on social media, that's like their wet dream right there. I don't know why they don't just go get some green fucking jerseys and call it a day. No, you're a you're Deeks, man. You're 100% right. But what do you think about my theory, though? It's like if you get rid of Thurman, bring in Mike Patton, you could sell it. You could sell it. And to be honest with you, I think players will play for Mike Patton. It's just, I don't know if those guys are still buddies. I know when Mike was here, he said, yeah, I still talk to Rex. We're friends, whatever. But when you read, um, you know, that, that book, um, Shallow Low Cross or something like that, um, that Rex Ryan was a part of, you know, things were heating. We're, we're kind of getting tension between Rex Ryan and Mike Patton during that time. So that's why Mike Patton had to do his own thing. He had to prove that he could do it. As far as I know, I don't think Mike Patton has a job right now. So, really, that is the angle. I think you do it. Um, firing Rex Ryan, I don't want the coach to get fired. I don't want to blow this up. I'm so sick of trying to hit it. You know, I'm really so sick of just trying to be a flash in the pan. And, and this team needs to win close games. This team needs to come together and, and win close games. And they got three games to play for their jobs. And I hope Tyrod Taylor lets it rip. I hope he throws the ball. You got nothing to lose, kid. Tyrod, I know you're listening. But, dude, let it rip. Just let it rip, man. Because you might not have a job. Yeah, Kubiak might pick you up in Denver. I don't think so. I mean, obviously, you could. But you're never going to have another opportunity this close with playmakers on your team with a Hall of Fame running back. A kid in Sammy Watkins who's very disappointing due to injury, but all the other guys ahead of him who he was beasting out in college 20 times better than him. You know, like, yeah, I, I, we got the tools here. Um, he's missing clear reads. He's missing – he's looking at guys, and he's not making the throws. He's not making that touch throw over the linebacker's head down the middle of the field. And, and I've given this team the benefit of the doubt. But either way, you can sell me right now on firing rocks or keeping rocks. And I like rocks. I love rocks. I think he's great for Buffalo. I think it's the most talked about Bills team we've had in years. And I love it. I am psyched on Rex Ryan. I want to be Rex Ryan's bud, dude. I'll mop his floors. I don't give a shit, dude. Whatever you want, man. Rex, hire me. I'll do anything. Not really. But 
Right. No, I mean, and this team's, you know what I mean? Like, let's let this dude try to finish 9-7 and seven real quick before we count him out. Because, you know what I mean? There, there are the fans out here who are still dick-riding Doug Marone for a 9-7 and seven finish, which, as far as I'm concerned, and we've been over this before, is an 8-8 eight and eight if Belichick doesn't sit his start as Week 17. So, yeah, Marone had a 9-7 and seven finish. We might get that out of Rex, and that's an improvement over the 8-8. Eight and eight. But I've, I've seen enough 7-9 and nine and 6-10 and 10 and 4-12 and 12 finishes in this damn town that, like, I'm not even mad about an 8-8. Eight and eight. Like, is it disappointing missing the playoffs again? Of course it is. But, oh, my God, things have been so much worse. And guys have gotten more chances and better chances. Yep. You know, this is I feel like I feel like right now we're as close as we've been you know, since you know, the late nineties. So I, I I'm with you. As frustrated as I am, I'm with you. I think it I think it's better to try to build on what we got than to like burn it all down. But again, agreeing with you, I think you will need to. I think someone's head will need to roll in order to get those opportunities. I think you're a hundred percent right, and you but, know what I mean. I don't think Rex is going to get the opportunity unless, like, he produces a martyr or two from his staff. And I, I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it on who it needs to be. And, I mean, you nailed it all the way through, man. Like, I don't know about bringing Mike Patton back in, per se. I'm not opposed to to the thought, but I just don't know how realistic it is. But, yeah, Dennis Thurman's got to go. And Rob Ryan's not the man for the job. Um, and if I'm being if I'm being for real, I don't know enough about the other guys on, on the defensive coaching staff of this team. To say, oh yeah, that should be our guy. Like John Blake, I don't know how he would do as a defensive coordinator. Probably not that great. I want a guy with a track record. Shit, you know. Right, I feel you. I feel you. I, I... I'm at a loss. I'm sure we're gonna dive into this more. Um, I'm ready to go on Facebook Live and conquer some comments. So check us out, Numb Bills fan um, on Facebook. Facebook.com, Numb Bills yeah. fan. Like our page on Facebook, damn it. Yep. Also, uh, follow us on Instagram, and that's Numbills Fan as well. Check our website, numbillsfan.com. And as always, brought to you by punchdrunksports.com, billsforlife.com. And uh, let's make it happen. So, peace out. Word to your mama. And, uh, well, thanks for bearing with us today. Anything else, bud? Uh,. No, no. All right. Well, that's it. Peace. We'll see. We'll see you next time. Bye.